Welcome back, dear listener, to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. What a monster weekend of finals football we had. I believe it was Kane Corns who declared it the, one of the best weekends of football, finals football ever. And I'm going to have to agree with him. Each game was an absolute beauty. And with me to dissect it and preview this weekend's semifinals, it's Lenny Thomas and Shamsia Hussein Poor. How are you guys? Now, before we get started, just to introduce, just to introduce you to the to the listeners a little bit. Uh, Shamsia Hussein Poor's favorite team are the Geelong Cats. The Cats have filled the gap of displacement and isolation. I fell in love with this game the year we migrated to Australia in a new country. I felt alienated, but footy, uh, but footy gave me a sense of belonging and a sense of identity in my new home. I also think I'm a good luck charm for the Cats. The year we arrived in Australia, it's the year we won a premiership after 44 years. That is a pretty good omen, Champsy. A pretty good omen. I tell you what, if if uh, if Joel Selwood doesn't send you a thank you letter, I'm going to be very disappointed. And as well with Eleni Thomas, I am just scrolling, trying to find the message that you sent me. I apologize for this. This is not particularly well organized. This is not a well organized start to the blog, but to the um, to the episode. Excuse me, but uh, perhaps to be expected, considering how um, how my brain has gone on vacation about three weeks ago and hasn't come back. Here it is. I am a huge fan of sports in general, but footy holds a special place in my heart because it's something my whole family and I love. When I was little, I did Auskick and would play footy with all the boys. And when I could, I would drag my brother out to the Oval to kick the, uh, to, to kick the footy. So footy has always been a big part of my life. Thank you both for sending that to me. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, you go. Just, just, you just go cruising. Yeah, you know, yeah. getting through, you know, enjoying the lockdown in Melbourne. Um, but at least we've got some great footy games to keep us keep us entertained, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that um, we can't attend any of the um, games this year. Mm. Uh, but I'm losing my voice from behind the screen. Um, <laughs> I think I lost it last week. <laughs> uh, but it's good, yeah. It, it, sort of brings a bit of normality in our normal new situation. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No idea what we're going to do once the football season finishes, but thank goodness there's still a bunch of games before then. Before we preview the semifinal, this episode is going to be split into two. First section to review the weekend that just happened, starting with Thursday night football at the Adelaide Oval. The power, too good for your cats, Shamsia. Unfortunately, we're going to have to discuss this. The power, <laughs> too strong at home. Although Geelong, looking at this, had more scoring shots, 17 to 13. Tom Hawkins, the Coleman medalist, had an absolute dog of a night when he kicked, I believe it was zero goals, five behinds, and one out of bounce on the full. Shamsia, what went yeah. wrong? I, I don't know what to say to you, Casper. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that when your head is not in the right place, when um, even if you've trained very hard, you, you, you can't 
support it. You can't, you can't, you know, the, the motivation is not there. Um, and I think that's what happened with, um, with the Geelong Cats, especially with Tom Hawkins. Usually he's a brilliant player and, you know, he's my favorite player out of the Geelong Cats. And last week he really did let me down. Um, but, um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they bounce back this week. Um, yes, because last week was just, it was a disaster. You know, when we first, um, the first game that I watched, the first game of footy that I watched was Geelong and Port Adelaide playing in the 2007 grand final. And they got smashed. I remember that. I can never forget that day. That's why I fell in love with this game. That's why I fell in love with this team. Because as a kid, when your team wins, you get this, you know, overloaded happiness. And and last week, they just sucked that out of me. You know, they just there was there was nothing left in me, and I was like, yeah. So fair enough. No further comment from uh, Geelong Cat supporter on that game. Yeah. Look, I think that's I think that's fair enough. I think, yeah. Well. Geelong had been really, really good heading into that game. And so maybe, maybe they would do for a loss. And maybe the loss will do yeah. them for the rest of the final series. I don't know. Uh, Lenny, what do you think went wrong, went wrong for Geelong? Well, I think, um, like, I think Geelong actually played a really good game. I think yeah, the, the kicking um, was a bit of a missed opportunity. But I think one thing I noticed about this whole kind of week of finals um, is looking at like the way the media were sort of talking about games, it was this idea of like Port Adelaide. And I guess later we'll talk about the Brisbane Richmond match um, that they were underdogs. And I think that, you know, Geelong have obviously been in the finals picture, you know, consistently for years now. So I think you can never take away that experience they have, but I feel like a lot of people were forgetting that Port Adelaide finished on top of the ladder. And so I think that this was a case where it was sort of less about, like Geelong's performance, but also the fact that Port Adelaide are just, you know, going into this final series, they are the best team in the league and you can't discredit that. You know, I think, um, I mean, Motlop obviously had a fantastic game. Um, mm. I think he was definitely um, a really pivotal part of the game and Wines was great. He had heaps of touches. Um, so I think that it, yeah, I imagine for a Geelong supporter, it was quite upsetting, of course. Um, but I think that Geelong could definitely um, take some really good things away from this game. And I think that, you know, they're always contenders in finals. And so I think it was more about, you know, Port Adelaide stood up. They showed why they should be the team to beat this final series. And I think it was just a great game all around. Some good footy being played. Yeah. I fully agree with what you both have said. I'm just looking at the stats here on afl.com.au, not sponsored, although they should be sponsoring us. Um, afl.com.au, if you hear this podcast, hit me up. Um, just looking here, Port Adelaide comfortably won the clearances, comfortably won the center clearances, comfortably won the stoppage clearances. Um, it was close in the possessions. They've actually turned the ball over more, Port Adelaide. Uh, and yet, if you look at the scoring, 9-5 to four twelve. Port Adelaide were in front for 72 minutes of that game. Geelong, just 18 and a half. Looking at that, and looking at the second half in particular, 
if I just bring up the score line, I'll be able to tell you exactly what happened. Score line, 32 points in the second half, Port Adelaide, Geelong 17. That, to me, tells the story of the game. Close in the contest, but Port Adelaide able to win the centre clearances, able to take advantage when it mattered, and Geelong won't. That's as simple as. And for me, that's what went really well for Port Adelaide. Their goal scoring, their youngsters and their more senior players stood up, which is, you know, the likes of, uh, you mentioned Motlop before, Lenny. Motlop had a great game, three goals. Uh, Dixon, he was quite, but he still kicked a goal. Uh, Wines, Rockcliffe, Boak, all these players had a fantastic match. Geelong, yeah, sure, um, Dangerfield was his typical self. But, you know, Selwood was underwhelming. Ablett only had 10 touches. Gary Rowan had, like, five touches and no goal. So if Geelong... But Stanley played very well. I yeah. noticed, um, yeah, yeah. he played a fantastic game. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. You're right, he did. He did. And full kudos to him. He's a player I really like. Um, but I think for me, that's the reason. That's the thing that split these two teams. You know, the reason why yep. they... Why, why do you think Port Adelaide played well, Shamsi? Why, why do you think they won? Or was it a case of Geelong losing this game? I think because, like um, Eleni said, um, is that how I pronounce your name, sorry? Uh, Eleni. Eleni, sorry. Um, okay. As Eleni said, um, I think the reason why they played very well is because Geelong has always has always been the team that played in the in the finals, so you know, I think they didn't take it as as I guess they didn't go for it as hard as they should have. Whereas Port Adelaide, because it's been a while that they have been in the finals, and you know, um, finishing on top, they were more determined. That's that's just my opinion that they were more determined to win a game. And usually the finals are played in Victoria. So, you know, the crowds does make a difference. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think. Yeah, no. I think I agree. Yeah, the, the year of power. Could I be. agree with that. It's their, it's, their premiership to, it's their premiership to lose. And you're right, that crowd is, that crowd is insatiable at the Adelaide Oval. They are absolutely... Feral. And I'm not saying feral in a negative light. I'm just saying that they are the most intense football supporters in the country in South Australia. Yeah. Um, I yeah. really want to go to each football stadium around the country and experience a game there, but I'm scared to. I'm scared to wear Essendon colours at an Adelaide Crows or Port Adelaide Power home game just because, you know, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me. <laughs> but, That's fair. Look. Fantastic crowd, and it's great to have crowds. Twenty-two thousand people. It's just great to have wow. crowds back. Um, and yeah, the Victorian. It hurts me a little bit that it's not happening in Victoria, but that's all right. Um, moving on to the next game, the Friday night football match. This was a great game of football. Brisbane winning by fifteen points, ending a fifteen-game drought against the Tigers, the first time Brisbane had won against the Tigers since 2009. That's mind-boggling. The last time the yeah. Lions beat Richmond, I was eight years old. Like, that is just... I, I, 
I'm trying to remember. I think when I was eight, I'm trying to remember what I was worried about. There was nothing about COVID or anything about like, you know, worrying about getting a job or anything like that. I think when I was eight, the thing that I was most worried about was somebody stole my helmet at school that I used to wear when I used to ride my scooter to school and Victoria had just introduced a helmet law for scooters. And so I was afraid I wasn't able to ride my scooter anymore and I was gonna have to walk all the 10 minutes to get to school. Oh, it was gonna be such a nightmare, but such an innocent time so long ago. And finally, they managed to do it, the pride of Brisbane town. Eleni, we'll start with you. What went well for Brisbane and why did Richmond lose this one? Yeah, um, well, I want to start off by saying I, I love Brisbane. Um, mm. They're probably like my second favourite team. So I have been enjoying their success. Um, and I think if, if Collingwood lose to Geelong, Brisbane's the team I'll be backing. Um, mm. In terms of this game, I think, again, it was similar to the Geelong and Port game where I think that no one was really giving Brisbane any credit at all. And it's very understandable because, like you said, you know, their record against Richmond's obviously been tricky in recent years and Richmond have, you know, um, shown that they can win premierships. But again, I think that Brisbane just came out and they just showed why they're, they're contenders for this premiership. Um, you know, we had Cameron stood up big, three goals, which is fantastic always. Zorko was just a champion, as he always is. Um, but I think that Richmond really put in an interesting performance um, in terms of their discipline. I know like everyone was talking mm. about this, but you know, there was that a hundred meter penalty they gave away and then another 50 meter penalty. Um, so I think that, you know, Brisbane came out, they did everything they needed to do. Um, they were really strong in the contest in the midfield, very explosive. Um, and I think Richmond were just a bit slow and I'm not sure if it was, maybe a complacency thing, you know, part of them maybe thought they had it in the bag. Um, but I think that that really showed on the night where Brisbane just went in, you know, 110% gave it their all. And I think Richmond will probably be, you know, kicking themselves. And I think that, you know, in the upcoming match against St Kilda, we might see them come out a bit of a different side, a different mentality. Um, but yeah, I think Brisbane did everything they needed to do. And I think that Richmond sort of, you know, sort of lost themselves the game in a way. Yeah. Shamsia, how about how about your opinion on this match? Um I didn't really watch uh didn't have the opportunity to watch the game, but I had a look at the highlight. Uh but yeah, totally agree with what um Alnai said. Um I think Brisbane was very hungry to win against Richmond. Mm. You know, it's like when Hawthorne and um, Geelong plays, it's always a rival because they're just very um, competitive against each other. And I think that's what happened with um, the Lions because they haven't won any game against uh, the Tigers for such a long time um, that they were very determined and that this was, it's, it's the finals and it's in their territory. So, you know, what more could they ask for? Yep, I agree with both of you. They're just looking at the statistics. One statistic that kind of blows my mind just looking at it, I remember watching this game, was Brisbane's marking was incredible. 73 marks to 53 in favour of the Lions. Marks inside 50, 7 to 5 in favour of Brisbane. Contested marks 9 to 5 in favour of Brisbane. You're not going to lose a game of football 
that often when you're controlling the air as well as the Lions did. Looking at the stoppage clearances, they won that 31 to 23. They won the clearances overall 38 to 37. So even though they got hammered in the center clearances, they still won the clearances overall. Hitouts 40 to 20. But once again, as Eleni mentioned, it comes back to free kicks. 17 free kicks Brisbane, 11 free kicks Richmond. I know, I know, I know that there's probably a Richmond supporter out there thinking, well, you know, it was unfair. The umpires paid soft free kicks for the Lions. Well, I'm sorry, but I watched that game. There was lots of free kicks missed on both, for, for both teams, right? So it's not just Richmond who got screwed over by the umpires in that match. Brisbane got screwed over too. It was your own ill discipline that cost you that game, Tigers, right? You can come out angry, but attack the ball. Don't attack the man. This is not wrestling. No, definitely, Casper. I think, um, yeah, you know, a lot of times, especially, you know, I feel like this season, the umpiring has been under a lot of heat, you know, the holding the ball rule, all of that. But yeah, I do think this was a case where it had nothing to do with the umpiring and it had everything to do with, you know, the way Richmond were laying tackles, the way they were talking back to umpires. I think it's, it was the way they were holding themselves. And so I think that, you know, this is definitely a case where they sort of brought it on themselves. Um, but yeah, like those stats you were just talking about, that's really Brisbane just, they just held their nerve. They sort of dominated in every aspect of the game. And I think that Richmond are definitely the sort of side where you just, you know, they, you give them an inch and they'll run with it. Um, and I just don't think Brisbane gave them any wiggle room. And so that's why I think that they were pretty dominant throughout the whole game. And it definitely showed in the final score. Agreed with that one. It was a wonderful game of football, as was this game, Saturday afternoon football, St. Kilda. First final series since 2011, their first finals victory since 2010. Uh, Eleni, I know you said that Brisbane's your second team, but I think everyone's second team really in this final series are the Saints. Imagine if the Saints were to break it throughout this year. That would just, oh, it would be so wonderful. It would be so wonderful, and it would be the perfect tonic for Victoria after such a horrid winter. They beat the Bulldogs in a thriller by three points. What a game. Third quarter, they kicked away, and then all of a sudden, they stopped, and the dogs charged, but too little, too late. Shamsia, I'll go to you. What went so well for St. Kilda, and why did the Bulldogs lose? Uh, Before talking about the actual game, can I just say the amount of people, the amount of St. Kilda fans that I saw coming out of their homes with the St. Kilda merchandise, Mm. you know, going for a walk, um, going for a run. And I was just like, what's happening? Do they win? What do they do? And then after I watched the highlight, um, I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're Mm. coming out of their caves. It's been (laughs) a while. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it's, it's you know, it, as you said, St. Kilda is a team that a lot of people like, um, even if it's not their favourite team. Um, and I think if, if, if anyone, if, if Geelong doesn't win, I think I would bury either for the Lions or the Saints. Um, look, I for me, when I watch footy, there's only one thing. I think the, the teams that are very good and the teams that are, always on the top of the ladder, always wins games. And when they when it comes to the finals, I feel like they they take things a bit too easy. 
they think that they have everything under control, that they have prepared um, well. Um, and the teams that we usually underestimate, um, they come out really hungry, re really determined, ready to tackle anyone. And that's what happened with all these three teams. The, the teams that we expected to win didn't win. And the, and the teams that we expected, um, you know, to get smashed, they won. And um, yeah, I think St Kilda was just uh, very, um, uh, how do I say it? Very determined mm. and they just played a really clean footy that day. I mean, the, the Bulldogs were very good. The Bulldogs were, they played quite well. The whole game was actually, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the highlights of watching that game. Mm. But I think the Saints pulled off um, very well. And I would say Luck also played a great uh, role in this game. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with you, um, Shamsia. And I think one thing that I know Casper and I actually spoke about this earlier with this game in particular is I think the Bulldogs were really coming hard at the end of that game. They were, you know, Caleb Daniel was, he stood up in that fourth quarter. They were coming really hard. And I think, I know something Casper and I talked about was the way that the shorter quarters definitely, I think, contributed to this game for St Kilda. Because I think if we had seen a normal quarter play out, um, looking at the momentum in those last couple minutes, I, I do think that the Bulldogs would have had the win there. Um, yeah. But that's not taking away. St Kilda definitely put in a fantastic performance. They really held on at the end. You know, um, Membry kicked some pivotal goals. Um, and I think Paddy Ryder was fantastic and obviously devastating that he got injured. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys like saw the footage at the end of the oh, game yeah. and crying mm. on the bench. That was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, it was just pure grit that got St. Kilda through this game. I think, you know, the, the counterattack from them was fantastic. They definitely did a good job of sort of exposing the Bulldogs' defence off the counterattack, you know, the quick kicks in through the centre. Um, but it was a very exciting game. And yes, very happy for St Kilda. It's always nice to see different teams, you know, in the top yeah. eight, different teams winning. Um, and we always love when an underdog gets the win. So very Absolutely. exciting game of football. Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. Just looking at the stats here, the Dogs actually won most of the stats, especially inside 50 count, 51 to 35. You do not lose a game often when you, when you win that count by as much as 16. I'm, I'm shocked looking at that. I can't actually believe it, looking at that statistic. But this two statistics listed under that is what I want to look at. Disposal, disposal efficiency, the Saints just in front, 75.4% to 75.1%. But finals is a game of margins. It's a game of inches. So that little extra advantage probably played a massive role, especially when you look at the fact that the Saints only won by three points. But I think this is far more of a tell. Disposal efficiency inside forward 50. The Saints average for the season, 47.6. The Dogs, 47.5. In this game, St. Kilda, 54.3. So substantially higher than their average. While the Bulldogs... 45.1, significantly lower. And that played a massive role, especially when you look at the final quarter when the dogs were coming hard. The Saints had um, two scoring shots and scored seven points. The Bulldogs 
had, if I can figure out basic mathematics, eight scoring shots. They had eight scoring shots and kicked four goals, four. If they kick four, if they kick five goals, three, they win. You cannot have that much of an advantage inside 50 and squander that many opportunities. And once again, we have another team who actually won the, uh, actually had the higher number of scoring shots who ended up losing the Bulldogs 19 scoring shots to the Saints 17. So for me, that's, yeah, that, that's the story of this game. No, definitely. That's just a, a lack of composure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, um, again, I feel like the theme of all of these games is like the teams who went in as underdogs with less finals experience were actually more composed because mm. Bulldogs have obviously been, again, in the, in the premiership picture. Um, and so, yeah, to have that many scoring opportunities um, is definitely a, a missed opportunity. And obviously they paid the price and got knocked out. See you later, doggies. <laughs> <laughs> Better luck next year, Bulldogs. Moving on to the game in the West. Now, now uh, I'll admit, I did not see this game coming. I looked at how West Coast beat your pies, Eleni, back in Perth in round eight, I believe. They won by like 66 points. I saw, I remembered a great final between you two in 2018 at this ground where the Eagles won by uh, 16 points. I saw the outs for Collingwood and I thought, this is going to be too difficult. This is going to be far too difficult. It's just too many injuries, too many distractions, and Collingwood's going to get eliminated in an elimination final. And me and most of the rest of the country was going to enjoy ourselves at that. But shock horror, you guys did it. You guys actually did. I'm shocked. I am genuinely shocked. Looking at that first yeah. quarter, Mason Cox, can we, sorry, can we, can we just, Mason Cox? I was just going to jump in. Oh, he played very well game. Three goals. Four goals in, in a row. Oh, three goals in a row. Oh, I can't believe uh, it. Look at Mason Cox. that was so funny. He got me sounded before, like a creepy person boy. Before the um, game, because yeah, like I love my pies. I love Collingwood. Mm. Um, but I was, I had no expectation. I was like, just had, I had a drink, you know, I was sitting on the couch. I was like, I'm just ready to be heartbroken all over again. You know, 2018 grand final, here we go. Um, and I jokingly said before the game, I was like, Mason Cox, he's, he's going to come out and just kick all the goals. Um, and he obviously heard me because he put in a fantastic performance. Um, I think yeah, it was three goals in like five minutes or something like that. Um, and it was a great start, of course. But again, me constantly doubting Collingwood, um, I was like, it's the 2018 grand final. And it almost was, but we held on. And I think, you know, we, we held on because we had um, some really pivotal pivotal moments. I think fantastic. Um, obviously, Brody Majacek in that fourth quarter definitely stood up. Um, some clutch goals, which really just saved us in that fourth quarter because West Coast were definitely coming for us. Um, I think one thing that is undeniable about West Coast is Nick Natnui is just Mm. an unbelievable ruckman. Um, And he completely ripped us to shreds this game. I think Grundy was definitely not keeping up with him. And we saw him and Cameron tag teaming him a lot, um, 
which sort of helped Grundy in that sense. But there was no denying that, you know, we were sort of getting destroyed in the centre bounce. Clearances um, was a big worry. But, you know, we had Taylor Adams um, holding strong in that midfield for us, like he always does, and that fantastic smother in the fourth quarter. My heart, I can't even put into words <laughs> what I was feeling in that moment. Um, Trelaw is always great for us. But I think one thing that was um, fantastic from a Collingwood point of view that I know a lot of people were talking about was Levi Greenwood's performance on um, Kelly. Greenwood, um, you know, he loves tagging players and he's been fantastic for us in that sense. But I think, you know, Kelly, um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I believe his disposals were just in the teens. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was a really important thing for us because obviously he is a match winner. Um, And so I think shutting him down was really important for us. And I think really we just won the game because we kicked straight, which is very rare for Collingwood, especially from set shots. Um, so yeah, I very much so enjoyed this game. Um, it was very therapeutic for me, especially because I was at the 2018 grand final when we lost. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, that was, that was hard. Um, so it was a really good win. And I genuinely don't think anyone, including Collingwood supporters, were expecting us to get this win. So I think it was probably the biggest upset. Even good old, I love Charlie Cameron, but even Charlie Cameron for the Brisbane Lions wasn't expecting us to win. So I think we definitely mm-hmm. battled the odds. But yeah, what about you guys? What did you think about this game? Shamsi? I thought um, Mason Cox, he just had an amazing game throughout the whole game um and i think if it wasn't for his goals uh um the eagles would have won um and um obviously you know like both of the teams played really well till especially in the fourth quarter um the eagles came back really strongly um you know in the first quarter in the first first and second quarter Collingwood, I think it was Collingwood, they kicked four goals in a row. So that was, um, um, and that was unexpected, but, you know, they played very well. Um, from the Eagles side, uh, Josh Kennedy and uh, Nick, I don't know how to say his last name. Nana. Nanui, yeah. They both played an amazing game. Um, mm. I'm a huge fan of Nick. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I, I thought that the whole game was a bit nerve-wracking. And even though I'm not a Collingwood or the Eagles fan, I was watching it with a lot of passion. I was watching it with a lot of nerve. Um, and yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed the, the whole game. I think Collingwood, but in the end, Collingwood played, um, pulled it off quite well even though it was just one point, but, you know, they, they played really well um, throughout the whole game. So, well done. And you're going to get smashed tomorrow night. <laughs> well, we will get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. But first, let me, just, let me just say for this game, looking at the statistics, once again, we have an elimination final loser who performed better in the majority of stats than the team that they lost to. Looking at these statistics, they had a higher disposal efficiency, much higher efficiency inside 50, which is incredible considering all the set shots that they missed. But 57.9% of 
West Coast, 42.5% Collingwood. Uh, Hitouts was exactly the same. Clearances in favour of West Coast. Uncontested possession in favour of West Coast. Collingwood had more turnovers, more marks inside 50 to the Eagles. But here's where it mattered the most. 12-4 to 11-9. All those other stats don't matter. It only matters if you're in front on the scoreboard. And Collingwood, and you mentioned before, Eleni, with the job that Levi Greenwood did on um, on uh, Dom Sheet. Uh, was it Dom Sheet that you mentioned? Uh, Tim, no, Kelly. Tim Kelly, sorry. Tim Kelly, right, you were right about the teens. 13 disposals for Tim Kelly in that match. Levi Greenwood, if I just find his name here, also 13 disposals. Very interesting. I always find it particularly uh, galling for any superstar midfielder when the tagger sent to tag them does a better job, does has the same or at least more disposals than they do, which is what happened here. And even better, Eleni, I know that this will make you smile, uh, Dom Sheed, the villain of the 2018 Grand Final, zero goals, zero behinds, zero score in this game. That's that's why we won. That was it. If he had kicked one goal, it would have been like 40 points and then that would have been it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good game. There were some good ke- contests. Um, you know, Kennedy is just unbelievable. Um, mm. And I think Roughhead did do a good job on him, but I think Kennedy definitely won the day. Um, yeah. I think the, for me, like the most interesting matchup was Darcy Moore um, mm. and Jack Darling. I think that was a fantastic matchup. Um, and I enjoyed seeing that. But yeah, cutting the pies. That's all I can say. <laughs> now, this is the segment that I've been looking forward to the most when I asked both of you to 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 be co-hosts for this particular episode. The review of the first weekend now finished. On to the preview of the second weekend, the major, major, major final between Geelong and Collingwood. But before we get to that, Richmond versus St. Kilda. Tonight at Metricon Stadium, the Tigers, they'll come out angry, I think, but will they direct their anger towards the football and not towards their opposition? Who's going to win this one? Shamsia, you can start. Will it be the Tigers? Will it be Tiger time? Or will the Saints go marching in to Adelaide with a win? I think it will definitely be the Tigers. Mm. Um. I have a lot of confidence in them that they will come back much stronger. Mm. Um, like they've played an incredible footy this year throughout the whole year. I think in the last decade they've played very well footy. Mm. Um, and anyone that knows football knows the Tigers. Um, so I would, I would tip off um, the Tigers, although I would hope for the Saints to win. Um, you know, we all love the Saints. Yeah, so... Go the Saints, but I would say the Tigers would definitely pull this one off. Shamsia, yep. Richmond or St Kilda? Uh, uh, Richmond. Yeah, I think I'm I'm the same as you, Shamsia. I think I want I want St Kilda to win, um, but I think they really put in their all last week I feel like that was their grand final for them in a way um and I think 
you know, looking at the team, I think Paddy Ryder um, mm. is a big loss for them. Not only, you know, yeah. his performance, but also just the experience on the field. Uh, and like you said, Casper, I think Richmond were probably looking at um, their performance and the way Hardwick spoke about the performance last week. I think they're going to come out firing. They're probably quite disappointed in themselves. And I think, you know, they're a seasoned team. So I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a blow away, but I think like I'm tipping Richmond to win by maybe four goals because I think they're going to come out and they're just going to stick the knife in for St Kilda. But I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. Please prove me wrong, St Kilda. But I think that's the reality of the game, yeah. Yep. Jamsia, do you have a margin in mind? I would say the um, Richmond, they, would, they will win by two goals. Mm. I'm looking at this. Just because I think the um the, the Saints are they they work hard. Uh you know, that they they chase the footy, not the people, not the opposition, not the empires. And I think that's what I love about the Saints. They stay focused. I'm just looking at the outs for the Saints. We've talked about Patty Ryder before and very, very sad. Jake Carlisle, I believe. Uh, I'm not 100% too sure on this, but I believe he's gone back uh, for the birth of his child. I am just going to double check that because I'm pretty sure that's correct. But nevertheless, he's not going to be playing in this game. And Ben Wong suspended the AFL upholding his suspension despite the Saints trying to appeal it. Um, Those are three massive outs, especially when you look at the fact that Tom Lynch is coming back in for the Tigers. And for Richmond to have Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt in the same forward line and St. Kilda without Jake Carlisle, their best defender, Shamsia, you're giving me the uh, you're <laughs> you're giving me the um, the uh, the look and the uh, the gesture that Richmond are going to do a lot of damage to the Saints. And I think so. Because just looking at yeah. that, Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt might be the most dangerous, the most deadly one two punch of any football forward line combination in the league. Maybe even better than Jack Darling and um, Josh Kennedy, which is saying a lot because those two players are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly powerful as well. Um, However, I think for me, uh, yeah, no, the Tigers are just going to be too strong. Just going to be too strong. Nathan Broadback, great defender, Tom Lynch. And with Ryder out, Toby Nankervis, a premiership winning Ruckman with the Richmond Tigers and a grand final player now three times with both the Tigers and also I believe the Sydney Swans against Rowan Marshall, the Youngs. No, that's not that's not gonna do that's not gonna go well for them, I don't think. Which is why I think the Tigers are gonna win. And they're gonna win pretty well, 29 points. Uh, and they're gonna head into Adelaide with hopefully a little bit more confidence. Now for the game that I've been looking forward to discussing the most. Here we go at the Gabba Saturday Night Football. Geelong hosting Collingwood. The winner will progress through. The winner will progress through to play Brisbane next week. Eleni, uh, how about you start with this one? Will Geelong or will Collingwood win? And while you talk, I'm going to go and tell my dogs to shut up. Yes, of course. Um, Well, I think obviously, you know, this goes without saying that Geelong and Collingwood have a huge history when it comes to finals. Um, 
you know, Geelong did get the better of us recently. Um, so I think, you know, there's no denying that it's going to be a fantastic game. I think the contest is going to be great. Um, I'm really excited for that battle in the midfield. And I think that could be where the battle is won. You know, both sides have got some fantastic midfielders. You know, we've got, you know, someone like Gary Ablett can just rip open a game if he wants to. Um, so I think that the I think that the game will be won in the midfield and it will just come down to which stars really rise to the occasion. Um, looking back on when we versed Geelong this season, um, Jordan Dugowie kicked five goals. And so I think that it's really important for Collingwood that he steps up again. Um, you know, he did have a good performance against um, West Coast, but, you know, he wasn't our main goal scorer. So I think for us, he kind of needs to step up and get multiple goals. Um, I think, you know, um, coming off maybe a disappointing performance, I think Hawkins will be ready to come out firing and he always does a lot of damage against us. I mean, he's basically single-handedly won Geelong that premiership against us, I think. So I think the matchup against him will be really important for Collingwood because he is such an explosive forward. Um, but of course I am, I am backing my pies um, more so than I was against West Coast, just because I feel like sometimes we match up better against Geelong and it ultimately just comes down to who's better on the day. So I think, I think Collingwood are going to get the win. It'll be a close one, um, but I'm tipping the pies by about eight points. But yes, go the pies. <laughs> Jansia, the ball is in your court. Oh, you are uh, on mute, I think. <laughs> oh, no, um, no, no, I think it's, it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, mm. Both of the teams have played very well throughout the season. Um, but obviously I'm a very passionate fan and I will not, I don't give up on my team easily. Um, I will definitely tip off Geelong to win by about 14 points. Um, I think, I think I, the way Geelong plays is that when they lose a game, especially if it's a very important game, you know, in the finals, when they lose one, I think they come back much stronger. They come back more focused. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that Tom Hawkins comes back with a lot better performance. Um, and I think we have great players who are playing like, you know, Ablett, Dangerfield, Hawkins, um, you know, all these, Selwood, they're all, I think we don't really have any um, injuries um, or at least the big stars don't really have any injuries so I think we have a good chance of pulling this one off um, uh, yeah I think I think that's all I, I think deep down I'm just hoping that we win uh, but on the surface I'm like really terrified that we're just gonna get smashed but we'll find out whether the cats eat birds or birds eat cats um, so it's going to be a fantastic game, nonetheless. Um, both of the teams, I think, will perform very well. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, you know, hearts crossed that it's cats, it's not the other way around. Yeah. Calm the cats. I think two players to watch in this game. One player that 
Colin would have to watch out for. Patrick Dangerfield, one of the favorites for this year's Brownlow. And everyone's been talking about locking down Travis Boat. Dangerfield has had a great season. Let's not forget how strong Dangerfield has been. He was easily Geelong's best player, in my opinion, the last time that these two teams played, all the way back in, I also believe, round seven, I think it was. It was round seven in Perth. Yeah. Uh, very, very weird to have a game between these two teams out there. But that is the 2020 that we have all grown to know and to despise. I think that uh, he was easily Geelong's best player looking at the disposals for... He had 32 touches, Patrick Dangerfield. And uh, he kicked... uh, He had 23 kicks, nine handballs, four tackles as well. He had almost a complete game. He didn't hit the scoreboard with a major. That's the only thing that stopped him from having a complete game. Conversely, Geelong has to watch out for the incredible freakish nature of Jordan Degoe. Five goals he kicked in that game against Geelong back in Perth. Five goals. If he does that again, I don't think Geelong will have a hope in heck of winning this one. However, having said that, I think the last time a player kicked five goals in a final was the 2014 grand final. Jordan, uh, Jordan Ruffhead, Jared Ruffhead for Hawthorne kicked five goals in Hawthorne's demolition of my Sydney Swans. So it's rare. It does not happen often. Long gone are the days of Gary Ablett Sr. and Tony Lockett, these big powerhouse forwards who would kick a bag of seven or eight goals in a final, which is why I don't think it's going to happen again. And I'm still looking at the team, and I'm still looking on paper and thinking that Geelong on paper have a better team. And Shamsi is right. When they lose in the final, they normally bounce back. The last time they were eliminated in straight sets, Geelong, is 2014. Ah, oh, this is tricky. This is really, really tricky. I have tipped Geelong to win, but only just. I tipped them to win by three points. And I think because I, it wouldn't surprise me if Collingwood pulled off the victory. But looking at this, Geelong just have too much to lose. Collingwood have nothing to lose. And I think the pressure would be on Geelong enough that they'll pull off a victory here and set up a prelim final rematch with Brisbane and I say rematch because just before we finish off this podcast quirky quirky little fact time uh in 2004 the prelim final matchups were Port Adelaide versus St Kilda and Brisbane versus Geelong which means that if St Kilda and Geelong win then the prelim final matchups in 2020 will be exactly the same as in 2004 how about that for freaky Shamsia and Eleni Thank you both so much for joining me for this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Good luck for the cats and for the pies. I am sure going to be texting both of you during tomorrow's game. That is for sure. Thanks, Casper, for having us. It's, um, it's been fantastic talking about the things that we love, that we're so passionate about. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. and I'm looking forward to doing more of this in the future. Yeah, thanks for having us, Casper. Um, good to chat with you both. And yeah, Carla Pies. Um, and yes, looking forward to a, a good weekend with some good, some good footy. 
hopefully it can be just as enthralling as that first weekend was. I tell you what, I think the last time that the AFL has had a finals opening weekend like that, it was 1994 when Billy Brownless kicked that goal from Geelong against the Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne and Hawthorne draw, uh, had a tie, had a draw and had to do extra time, the first ever extra time final. It was almost just as good, if not better than that, amazing opening weekend from 1994 hopefully the semi-finals can hold muster to that and thank you dear listener for listening to this episode of the through the banner podcast my name is Casper McLeod and I hope that you'll join us next week for now 